We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Friday morning, everybody. It is not a better Friday morning for anybody than it is for Mark Few. He is having a heck of a start to the day. Why? Because the Gonzaga Bulldogs are making all the headlines this morning in college basketball. Not one, but two high-impact transfers coming to Spokane. First, the Wyoming transfer, Graham E.K., who was the Mountain West preseason player of the year, six foot nine forward, missed all this past season. Second, it's Ryan Nemhard. Mark Few beats out Tommy Lloyd and Nemhard. The former Creighton star, he is heading to Gonzaga. I'm John Fanta. Rob Doster joins me. Welcome to the Field of 68 breaking news coverage. Rob, your immediate reaction to this big news for the Zags is? Do you think Mark Few is awake yet? (laughs) (laughs) It's 736 in Spokane right now. Do you think he's awake yet? Or do you think he's going to be one of these guys that is going to wake up and get all these messages on his phone and be like, huh? All right, we got a commitment from two guys. I'm going back to bed now. I don't need to do anything else today. <laughs> did he go to bed? The qu- did he go to bed? I don't know with this news. If he found out about it late last night and locked these two guys in, I don't know if I would have gone to sleep because, Rob, what does this make Gonzaga for next year? It makes them very, very good. The The two most important positions when it comes to uh, Mark Few and the offense that he runs and the style of play that he wants to play is you need a great five-man and you need a great point guard that can operate in ball screens. If yeah. you look at what they've done over the course of the last couple of years, um, that's that's really what they base everything on. They love to get into those. They, one, they love to play up and down in transition. Two, they get into ball screens. They run a lot of that ball screen continuity offense. And you got to have a guy that can operate those ball screens. They didn't really last year, and this year they will. Ryan Nemhard is a very, very good point guard, an experienced point guard, and a guy that has seen hmm, his brother transfer into the program yeah. and end up finding a way to get to the NBA. He had a really good, uh, really good season this year. With, it was the Indiana Pacers, I believe. So that's right. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. The other thing they love to do is to be able to run these sets where they can have a big guy that just buries somebody in the post. Um, we haven't really seen it the last couple of years with Drew Timmy, but just think about like Shemit Karnowski. Think about Zach Collins. Think about the that kind of a player. And Graham Mike, he didn't play last season because of injury. This dude averaged legitimately 19 and a half points, nine and a half boards on a very good Wyoming team. He is a great post-up uh, presence at the five. 
This is what this is what Gonzaga needed. They needed those two guys. Those are two of the five best transfers that were in the portal this offseason. Mark Few went out and got them both. And and we could talk about the style of play and, and all that here in a second, Fanta. The the big thing for me is the question that a lot of people had about Gonzaga and about this program moving forward without Tommy Lloyd was what are they going to be on the recruiting trail? What are they going to be able to do without the guy that was the best uh the best person on the staff going out and getting players, going out and tapping into those overseas markets, being able to work in the transfer portal, right? And that was one of the, we talked about this, we talked about it in Vegas and we talked about it in Houston. Should we be concerned about Gonzaga falling off now that Drew Timmy's not there? Is the pipeline of talent coming into the program still going to be running? And I think Mark Few, uh, what he told us this morning is that yes, they're going to be just fine because they can still go out there and get players like Ryan Nemhard and Graham E.K. This is a statement maker. To do it back-to-back right around within the same hour is huge. It, it, huh? it steals all the headlines. Had I asked everybody in the college basketball media space yesterday what they thought Gonzaga would be next season without these two players, without knowing about these two players. You would have said, well, they're going to make some portal moves. But with the roster they had constructed 24 hours ago, if you take a look at that thing, which we will do, you were talking about a team that would be top 25, maybe based off of name, if not worse, 30, 35, outside the the top 25. The only reason why you'd be putting them in the top 20, top 25 is because their name is Gonzaga. They mm-hmm. would have definitely, Rob, they would have definitely not been with the team they had constructed yesterday. They would not have been the WCC preseason favorite. That would have been St. Mary's. What does this mean? It immediately puts Gonzaga in the top 15, in my opinion, heading into next year. And it means that they are still on top in the WCC heading into the season until otherwise seen. Yeah, and I think the big thing is, it takes a little bit of pressure off of Nolan Hickman, right? Yes. He's able to kind of play off the ball a little bit more, be more of a secondary creator, be a guy that can kind of stand out there and knock down some shots, uh, uh, attack a close that, get, that gets created for him. And you're still going to put him into actions. Like if you remember what they did in the 2021 season when they had Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhard in the backcourt together, right? They were able to have different guys initiating offense. And if you look at the best teams over the course of the last, like, 15 years we said this over and over again you need multiple playmakers in the backcourt you need multiple guys that can go out and make something happen UConn last year Andre Jackson creator Tristan Newton guy that can make a play off the bounce so you need those two different weapons in your backcourt and I think that now with Ryan Nemhart carrying the load and Nolan Hickman playing in more of a complimentary role which is frankly probably uh, what he's better suited to right now I think that that's a really good thing for him then Malachi Smith is still a very, very good uh, piece in a backcourt piece on a perimeter. I don't know if he's someone you want to build an offense around, but he's just a very good veteran, like the the quintessential fifth-year Gonzaga guard, right? He's just going to go out there and, and do good things. If you looked at some of the uh, the on-off splits last year that they had, it was very clear that Malachi Smith, like, they were at their best when Malachi Smith was on the floor. Um, throwing Anton Watson, who's good at what he does, throwing the the addition yep. of Steel Venters, who was the Big Sky Player of the Year, yep. a six foot seven wing that can shoot it, um, and a couple of uh, freshmen coming in that I do think will um, 
will be good moving forward. I don't know how much big of an impact Dusty Stromer and Alex Tui are going to have right away, but those are program guys that now you can kind of trust them to play. We talked about this on the DTF pod, Fanta. You can trust them to play 14 minutes, 13 minutes a game, and know that they're going to be ready to come into a starring role in their sophomore junior year. So now, like, not only are you getting old, but you've built a program now moving forward where you're going to be able to stay old. And that's that more than anything, that matters. 100%. And what do we always say with transfers? Regardless of the NIL pool and all the, the chaos happening in the portal, the first question that we end up asking is, who were you coached by? Mm-hmm. That's what these coaches want to know. And as much as it's tough for Creighton, and Creighton will be fine. They've already, they're already loading up for next year. As much as it's tough for them to say goodbye to Ryan Nemhard, who was Ryan Nemhard coached by? He was coached by Greg McDermott. And now he goes to Mark Few. If you're Mark Few, you should be in jubilation, which I'm sure he is. Because here's the thing about Nemhard, Rob. I actually think that at Gonzaga, you're going to see him more of a centerpiece, more of the centerpiece. Let's face it. He was one of those guys at Creighton. But because you're playing alongside Trey Alexander, Trey's going to go get his, and rightfully so. He's going to take shots off the dribble. You know, being a UConn fan, how many tough shots Trey Alexander hit in Omaha when, when UConn went out there. My point, like this for Nemhard, it's not about one program being better than the other, but this opportunity for him is he's going to be the centerpiece in that backcourt. Undisputed. He's their guy. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that they've been, well, that they were lacking last year, right? They didn't totally. have that last totally. year. They didn't have that guy that you could trust. And now they now they do. I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to it. And I, I hope that uh, people listening aren't kind of <laughs> annoyed by me saying this, but it's, it's so important to have a great point guard in this Gonzaga system. Like you always want a great point guard, but it's so important in this Gonzaga system because of how much they run, uh, how many ball screens they run, uh, how, how much they try to get up and down the floor. Like you need a guy that can be a decision maker. Um, and I think that Ryan Nemhart is that guy. And again, like it doesn't hurt that you have that familial connection, right? Ryan right. saw his brother go there. Now, granted, he sat out a year, right? And Ryan's not going to have the benefit of sitting out the year um, and being able to come in season. So you might see a little bit of uh, some lumps, I guess, maybe is the right way to say it early on, a little bit of a learning curve more than maybe you did with uh with Andrew or with Nigel Williams goss before him. But I think that Mark Few has a proven track record with guys like this. So to me, the, the, the big thing now is what do you see as this team's ceiling heading into next year? I, I, I think they're still going to go out and try to add another yeah. shooter or two from the portal. Like they I, need I one. Think, yeah. I just think you need um, a couple more pieces. Like I, I think you're more or less settled, especially if, I don't know if Julian Strother is going to come back, but if he does come back, then you don't really have to worry about that at this point. But um, I do think that they have enough pieces to be like a top 15 team. I would not be surprised to see them try to add a little bit more depth. But what is their ceiling? Because the one thing that I would say is you have a lot of good college players. Where's the pros? Where's the NBA guys? And I think to be a team that can reach that level where all of a sudden we're talking like national title worthy, where we're talking about like, what Gonzaga was from 2017 to 2021, where they were number one in Kempom every year. You need pros. You need yes. the Brandon Clarks, the Andrew Nemhards, the Jalen Suggs, the Chet Holmgrens, the uh, the Zach Collins, the uh, the Nigel Williams Gosses. You you need that level of player. Do they have that guy this season? 
I don't think so. And that's why when you say what's their ceiling, I fall into the right around what it was this past season, Mm -hmm. which is you make the second weekend and you go from there. We all know you could be in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. You could be meeting Princeton in a Sweet 16 game, and all of a sudden we're talking about you making the Elite Eight, and who knows, you're a win away from the Final Four. That's part of March Madness. The tournament has shown us how random it can be. But I don't think that this is a national championship caliber team. And I also think people have to understand that before uh, this past year, the run that Gonzaga had been on could not possibly been sustained for a decade. Like, they could be really, really good. They, for, Rob, for a couple of years, they were otherworldly. You're talking about a, a 90% winning clip. You just, I, I think we look at it from, you go from 90 to like 80-ish, and, and you're in the WCC, and, oh, they should be beating up on those teams. They still won their fair share of non-conference games this mm-hmm. past year. So I think there's a hard dynamic with Gonzaga. How we talk about Gonzaga is really important uh, because I do think that they get a bad rap that's totally unfair. I think Mark Few's showing that they're still one of the better programs in the country, but I don't think that this particular team is going to be a national championship contender. I think that this team is lining up to be a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament. And there should be something good about that. But when you've never gotten the elusive title, it leads people to saying, I want that championship. And oh, oh, was that 2017 to 2021 window my best shot? And I didn't get one. And I'm always going to be kicking myself. I don't, that's a really interesting, bigger picture discussion with Gonzaga basketball. Yeah. And it's, it's a frustrating one to have too, right? Because I feel like, how many times have we heard Mark Few has not won the big one, right? You know, that's what they said before he got to the final four. And now that he's been to a national title game twice in the last seven years, um, right. it's something where people are still saying that, right? Like, well, what define the big one? Does he have to win a national title before we consider him a very, very good coach is like two national title games in the span of eight years. And what is it? Eight straight sweet 16s. Is that not enough for you to be considered like one of the elite programs in America? It's just, that part of it's frustrating to me. Gonzaga is Gonzaga. They are yes. what they are. They are a, a a Mark Few has done the single best building job, better than Jim Calhoun at UConn, better than Lou Olson at Arizona. He's done the single best building job, better than Scott Drew at Baylor. I would make that argument. The single best building job of any coach in the history of college basketball. How about that? Yeah, and and it's. It's frustrating that we have to continue to have this conversation to to make people believe like, yes, Gonzaga is very, very good. Like, just accept it, you know? Yes. Um, and I, I do think that part of it is just a little bit of there's a little bit of a Gonzaga exhaustion. Maybe is that the right word? Like, that's a good we keep, we yeah, keep talking about how good they are. And I do think that there is a fair. It is fair to say that based on the way that some of these metrics work, right? When you're playing in a league where you can beat up on people and kind of run up the score, your numbers might look a little bit better than what they actually are. But like, okay, so maybe they weren't like the clear-cut number one. They were right there in the mix for the best team in the country uh, the last couple of seasons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're kind of picking nits at that point. So Yeah, and, and what, look what they've done in their non-con. Mm-hmm. Look what they've done in their non-conference. They still have put together more than enough wins to justify why we put them 
where they are. You can't, you cannot knock Mark Few on that at all. I mean, he is scheduled with the best of them. He, he played Michigan State on day four of the season this past year on an aircraft. Mm-hmm. All right, he'll agree to the game. He'll play anywhere, any place, anytime. I love that about him. I, I think that, and for those people who are like, well, the only people who are creating that discussion are you guys. It's like, no, we're not, because this comes around every single March. I guess my question to you, because I thought this was interesting. You talked about their system. You talked about point guard reliance, of course. But mm-hmm. but in their system, they emphasize even more. And maybe that's what they were missing this past year. And it made me think, Rob, like Julian Strother, Drew Timmy, they had to have their fair share of shots. Those guys had to get touches. They've got to be able to convert. Do you think that maybe them, if Strother does depart, Timmy's gone. Do you think that that might mean that Malachi Smith takes a leap this upcoming season? He could. Um, I wonder where the minutes are going to come from. But if you were to tell me that uh, that in crunch time, the lineup that Mark Few found was the most successful was with with uh, Ryan Nemhart at the point and uh, Malachi Smith playing with him in the backcourt. I wouldn't say that you're wrong. Like that, that dude's proved how good he is as a player, right? Um, and I think that the, at the end of the day, you want to have those options. You don't want to have to be locked into saying we have to play these two guys, especially you know Nolan Hickman. As good as talented as he is, he really hasn't proven himself as that guy quite yet, right? So I think being able to have a couple of different weapons. I do just want to correct something real quick. I said. Uh, Andrew Nemhard about our um, sponsor for today's was, episode. That, that he sat movies. out a year. I started I taking AG one a few weeks back. Immediate eligibility, and uh, I would just like to also apologize to everybody that's listening and tuning in right now because we thought we were going to be able to have like an adult conversation here, but it looks like um, Goodman has joined the stream. Adult, so. look at you! You get your hat backwards. I mean, oh, dress like an adult. <sighs> I am dressed like an adult. You're dressed like I a boy. You You're dressed like a little boy. No, I'm just – this is how adults dress when they dress the way they want to dress, Goodman. And I like how you say that while you're wearing a ratty T-shirt with the neck that has looked like it's been stretched out. Like, is this what you do? Do you take your shirts off by pulling it like this? Yeah, Come on, I, I man. flex. I flex in front yeah, of so I'm going to start calling you turkey neck from now on. You better be careful. <laughs> I pulled this golf shirt out special with 10 minutes notice, nice. did my hair a little bit, I was told you were recording with Bob Ryan, and I thought this is going to be a great Friday morning. Goodman is off. We got breaking news update. What is? I thought you were recording. I just finished. We just finished. All right, Goodman. I have a question. So we we kind of talked through Gonzaga here. Uh, I want to talk about Tennessee a little bit because I think that um, the the pieces that they added this week, Jordan Ganey from uh, was that South Carolina Upstate, and Chris Ledlam yes. from uh, from Harvard. Getting back Santiago Vescovi, getting back Zakai Ziegler, who should be healthy um, in time for at least for conference play. Depending on you know, there's a lot yeah. of moving parts there. But uh, what do you what do you make of that group next season? Because we had our we had our doubts about them this year, but they've added a couple of bucket getters. Fanta, what are you doing? What are you playing around with your? Don't you have do not you know do not disturb on your phone there. What do you think of Tennessee? <laughs> uh I, I think they'll be able to score it better than they did last year but without Kamwa I, I I think they take a hit like Ledlam is solid I, I've seen him play in person I like Ledlam I don't know how it's going to train like I think he'll be a good piece he'll be a good piece for Tennessee's got again a lot of good pieces if they brought back Julian Phillips again 
And Rick Barnes had decided to just go to the well with Julian Phillips early last season and say, you know what? He's our highest upside guy offensively. Let's let him play through his mistakes. That, that to me, was a big mistake by Rick Barnes last year because they were really good. So, like, at one point, people thought they were going to be a number one seed, right? They did a lot of work in the in the preseason. So, to me, that that's how if you're Rick Barnes, you got to look at it that way. How can we be ready? He's he's had enough NCAA tournament uh, losses to understand yeah. that that's what you're playing for now, right, Jeff? Mm -hmm. Because you just jumped in here, and we've heard from Rob, uh, we've talked about this. But when you see Graham E.K. and Ryan Nemhard yeah. within right around the same hour, say they're heading to Gonzaga, what's your take? That Gonzaga's back, that they're not going away. Because I was worried. You looked at this roster, and you were like, holy shit, like St. Mary's is going to be the clear-cut favorite to win the WCC yesterday. If you went yeah. through it, you were like, all right, St. Mary's brings everything back, everybody back. They're bringing in a good freshman. Uh, Aiden Mahaney is going to be, you know, a sophomore now. He'll make a jump. Alex Dukas is no longer going to walk around like Rob Doster grabbing his back. I mean, honestly, like. Oh, is he coming back? <laughs> he oh, he's back? back? Oh, all right. Still... You know, look, lock him in, man. St. Mary's is one of the national. They got Alex no, Dukas No, 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 no. Stop. They got Alex Dukas. It is a top three story at the Final Four this year that you legitimately said. Robert, with 20 minutes to go on the final show, <laughs> that Goodman had never heard of Alex Dukas before the NCAA tournament. I 100% believe that. I, I I actually called the game of theirs last year at Colorado State. <laughs> so, like, Dukas, I, Dukas was the difference maker. They were up. They were beating. They were going to beat UConn. UConn would, honestly, oh they would not be hanging a Good banner man. right now if not for Alex Dukas's back. You can't you're, be serious. You're embarrassing yourself right now. You need to apologize. You need to take anyway, it back. Anyway, you need anyway, to go get yourself a t-shirt with a tighter neck. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you looked at it and you were like, okay, what do they have? What do they have coming back, you know, from 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 this past year? Timmy's gone. He was right. kind of their only guy. Strother was inconsistent. He's probably gone. Hunter Salas, a top 10 recruit who's not a top 10 recruit, He's transferring out. Hickman wasn't good enough. Like, what do they got? Bolton's gone, I assume. Like, legitimately, Tommy Lloyd's been gone now a couple of years. They lose Roger Powell to Valpo. It looked like, oh, my God, the sky is falling in Spokane until this morning. And all of a sudden, Mark Few decided, you know what? I'm going to get some shit done here. Like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm done with my vacation. And now, you know what? I'm going to make sure people know that Zags aren't dead. Hey, Goodman, I asked fan of this earlier. Do you think that Mark Few was awake when these announcements came in? Or do you think he's, he's waking fishing. up right now? He, he's eight? fishing right now. He got up <laughs> at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, because I think that's when you you would know better than me. Uh, you catch your best fish early in the morning, maybe? Is that true? No, you would you would know because you don't catch fish. You just certain, go out fishing, but you don't catch a damn thing. That, that's not true. Certain places and certain fish, yes, but it's also just nicer in the morning because you don't have oh. to deal with people like you calling them all the time. <laughs> I, went, I went fishing once. Oh God! Once it was miserable. And, 
And did it suck? Sucked. Sucked. <laughs> Hate it. I've told few. I told few. I said, hey, you got to take me fishing one day when I come to Spokane. You got to take me. You know what he, he said? Hell no. Hell no. I'm not taking you fishing. <laughs> it, it's You're so right, though, because this is a statement maker on a Friday morning that the WCC is still the Zags yeah. and that you, you put them in your top 15. Now they went from the only reason why they would have been ranked heading into next year before these two guys commit is by name alone. Let's 100%. face it. That's not a top 25 team no, before the, these two it's guys. It's the St. John's Rick Pitino theory. It's the same thing. I, I just trusted that they, you know, Mark view, you're going to get talent at the end of the day. And again, the, the crazy part is we all thought this was done and every coach did that was involved thought Nemhard was going to Arizona. And it, not that Gonzaga didn't have a shot. You knew they'd have a shot, but most people felt like, all right, it was Tommy Lloyd who did the heavy lifting on the recruitment uh, of, of his brother, of Andrew. And look at what Andrew did, right? He, he wanted out of Florida. Tommy, I mean, I remember talking to Tommy through that whole deal. And, uh, and he had that thing kind of hooked up. Uh, for him to go to Gonzaga, and the kid's now a pro. So it was going to be one of those two places, Arizona or Gonzaga. And honestly, there was a little bit more of a need for him because I I don't know if Nolan Hickman's going to be there now. Like, I'd be surprised if Hickman goes back to Gonzaga now. Uh, but, you know, Boswell was still at Arizona. So if you were Nemhard, you still were going there understanding that you weren't the guy with the ball in your hands all the time. You're probably going to be that at Gonzaga now. Yes. Well, that's what we were saying. Like, Rob, we were just talking about this stuff. Even at Creighton, he had to share those duties with Trey Alexander. Like, there were possessions where Alexander's got to do his thing off the dribble. Great shot maker, tough shot maker, all that. But now, if you go to Arizona, what's really changing about your role, as you just said? Going to Gonzaga, he knows he can benefit in every area and be the number one, the undisputed number one. Yeah, and try to get to the league like your brother did. Take the same path. Uh, your he's different than his brother. He's not as big, obviously. Uh, I think they're very different shooters. players. They're, I think they're very different players. Agreed. Agreed. Now wait, but, let me ask you this question to both of you. I think this is an interesting question. Heading into next year, okay. Who are you buying more stock in? The school that Ryan Nemhart just departed, Creighton or Gonzaga? In terms of, I got to see with Kalkbrenner. I got to see with Trey Alexander and Kalkbrenner if they come back. Yeah, that's I mean, the big thing. If they if both they come did. back, if they did, if they both, I mean, again, there, there's so many moving parts. We don't, we don't know what else Gonzaga is going to add. Uh, I, I assume they're, they're not done because my guess is they have like five scholarship players on their team right now. Uh, so they, they got to fill out their roster. I like Creighton. I'll tell you what. Maybe I'm crazy here. I think okay. Ashworth is a better fit for what Creighton needs if Alexander comes back than Nemhard was for Creighton. Well, they need the shooting, and now all right. of a sudden they have two guys that they can run off of whatever they want to be able to get open looks, and right. both those guys happen to be able to make plays off the bounce and create. And then and you have guard, your stud that right. you can ISO in Trey Alexander, and assuming Kaluma comes back, you have a guy that is like – I don't think the, Kaluma's coming back. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so either. either. I don't think but, he is. But either. here's the key. The key is all Kalkbrenner because – if he comes back, you could have the three of us guarding on the perimeter. It doesn't matter as long as Kalk's there waiting at the rim. Wow, you, you, we might you've have got to a try shot. That. 
Right. Here's here's that. here's what I would say too. Um, if Kalkbrenner comes back, I think you have at least two NBA players on Creighton. Right. I think Trey Alexander will play in the NBA, and I think one of Baylor Shireman or Ryan Kalkbrenner will find a way to to make something happen in the league. Right. And that's assuming they don't add another four. Um, that is going to be an NBA kind of a talent. Right. Um, I don't know who's a pro on Gonzaga. Right. I don't know. I don't. Ryan Nemhart to me doesn't scream NBA point guard. Um, Graham EK, I think he's a great college big. He doesn't scream NBA player to me. Anton Watson, Steele Ventners, Malachi Smith, Hickman, if he comes back, right? Ben Gregg. No, got a I don't bunch think of good he, players. Yeah, I don't think either of the yeah. freshmen are. So right. I think the ceiling for Creighton is higher. Um, but again, a lot of that depends on if they don't have a foreman, like if they lose Kaluma and they don't replace him with somebody, then that's a that's a huge gap. And and then we have to have a different conversation. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. All right, I got a better is. one. I'm going to flip this back at you right now, okay. guys. Yep. Gonzaga or Arizona? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, Tubelis hasn't announced anything, but I, I don't – I mean, unless they're going to get him insane uh, NIL somehow through – I don't know, through Lithuania. Like, I, I don't know how – I mean, it, I just don't – I don't think Arizona is going to be, like, high, high-powered this year. I think they're going to be good again. But but we've said that two years in a row, and Tommy Lloyd's just you know completely overachieved to the to the expectations. Um, I think all three of those right now. I, I'm going to go Creighton, Creighton one. If I'm ranking those three, Creighton, Gonzaga, Arizona, I would probably go Creighton one today, just because you know what they have. Now I don't know if those guys are coming back, but you kind of know what they have. Arizona probably two, just because again you know a little bit more of what they have. Then Gonzaga, they got to fill out their roster still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, let's let's spin this ahead because it is a Friday, so you've got the weekend. Yeah. You've got live recruiting. You've got transfers that are still making up their minds. Uh, some key visits. Um, I'll ask the open-ended question as the host. See, this is this is where we tee, we put the ball on the tee, and someone's going to drive it down the fairway. Somebody's going to put this thing in the trees, uh, Jeffrey. What are you paying really close attention to here in the next 72, 96 hours? I mean, probably how the Hunter Dickinson uh, visits go to Kansas and Kentucky, I would say is a big one for me. He's already visited Georgetown, Maryland. Villanova's in the mix too. You know, if I'm, if I'm Hunter and Rob and I have talked about this, like as much as uh, you and I like carrying water for Cooley, uh, I wouldn't go to Georgetown if I were a hunter. I just don't think they're there. I don't think they're there yet. They could probably offer as much money, NIL, as, as any of those schools. But I just think you're going to a program right now that, you know, the guards are, are and I love Rowan, but he's still unproven right now. Jay Neps, not really a point guard. You know, Kentucky, man, I, I just can't imagine playing with uh, DJ Wagner, Dillingham, Edwards, all of those dudes, because I, I don't know how much Hunter's ever going to see the ball other than going to get it off the glass. <laughs> um, Maryland is good. And, and again, that would be an interesting one because he could be close to home at Georgetown, Maryland. Maryland didn't recruit him when Turge was there, obviously. We, we know plenty about that. And like Villanova, if it were Villanova with Jay Wright, I think it would be a slam dunk. I think it would be done immediately. But it's it's not. And we don't know how good Villanova is going to be, even though they bring back Justin Moore. I also don't know if they got enough NIL money to pay 
Justin and Moore and Hunter Dickinson at Villanova. So yeah, and Kansas, Eric Dixon's Eric Dixon's coming back. So like, why if right. Eric Dixon and yeah. Eric Dixon and uh, Hunter Dickinson like play the exact same? Like, I don't know how you how you make that work. And, and the the Maryland Rob, one is fascinating too. Like, who's recruiting at Maryland right now? The, the, the Wither lost his entire staff. Is it him and a bunch of GAs that are taking? No, he's kids got on one. Visit? He's still got one assistant. Who does he have? David Cox. Oh, he's still got David Cox. So Cox has got to be doing the heavy lifting because Willard's too busy drinking coffee in the morning and wine at night. <laughs> I don't blame him. Sounds like a great life to now, me. Now wait a minute, Rob. <laughs> Rob, you you know at Rob Doster on Twitter, you you had a tweet last night. What Jeff said Villanova couldn't afford Dickinson. Well, well who can afford Dickinson? Don't, do not do not do not say do not say that number it, it we don't we don't need to go down that rabbit hole what Fanta. number i'll tell i'll tell you off the air i don't want to i don't want to perpetuate that Fanta. Fanta's out here calling um, Fanta's out here me. you know what Fanta's doing right now Fanta's doing what i did to you when we had the yukon pod when i was trying to get you to say something about adamas and nogo producer that was Dagan. wrong dagan he perpetuated it last night i did but i called but I called it out. I called it anyway. There was there was what? a there was very well, Rob, clearly what? some fake news going on with the pricing involving Hunter Dickinson's recruitment. Yeah, uh, and we, fake we spotted. We found that we found the fake news, Goodman. We found the fake news, and we who we got was it. the originator of the fake news? I'll, don't I, I don't want to I don't want to say the the account <laughs> name, it, but it was okay. yeah, and it was uh we got them to delete the tweet, so that was uh that was a good thing. Rob, um, where do you lean? Where do you lean with Dickinson? I want to know. I. Well, for starters, um, I know he's got this visit to Kentucky coming up, and I understand why you want to put Kentucky like in the mix there. But if I am John Calipari with the guards that I have on that roster, I am doing everything I can to get Oscar Sheway to come back. Because you want someone that doesn't need offense run through them that is just going to go get all the missed shots. And when you have uh, when you have DJ Wagner and Dillingham and all of those dudes there, there's going to be a bunch of like ISO missed jumpers, right? Those guys are going to make a lot of shots, but there's going to be a lot of, of missed jumpers there, and you want somebody who can go clean up that mess. Oscar Sheway is the best five man that you could possibly have on that team right now. Goes don't don't spend the money on on Dickinson. Go out and whatever dollar you would spend on Dickinson, go spend that on getting Oscar Sheway to come back. Oscar's come gone. He's gone. He's gone. Bye bye. Oh. I, I just can't imagine he's coming back now. Like like every every sign I've heard now is mm-hmm. uh, Oscar is going pro. Yeah, I I. I haven't heard any differently, um, but I do think that you're look. If you're the number that he can get from Kentucky is going to be like five years of whatever he can make going pro. So just I, I get that's it. What I he's already do. made more. He's already made more two and a half million. You know, so I'm sure for him, he's just like you know what I've banked so much more money than I ever thought I would. I'm going to move forward, and I'm still going to make good money playing pro ball wherever it is. Sure. Hopefully, I'm going to give sure. it a shot here. What more can I do? Yeah. Well, I said I said this the other day. If I'm if I'm Hunter Dickinson, I'm going to Kansas. There's no yeah, I agree. There's no if it's a no but. brainer. Yeah, they need a big man, right? They just added a shooter. They just added Nick Timberlake, yep. the, the Towson transfer, yep. who's yeah. a very good like complimentary piece, who's probably going to step into their starting lineup. They have, as Goodman pointed out the other day, one of the best like ball screen, most unselfish point guards in America, Dewan Harris. The, right? the best. For the that. best. They have a four-man that could do all the junkyard dog stuff that you need in K.J. Adams. What they need is a guy that they can just use to seal in the post that catches it, turns around, and lays it in, right? He turned – 
Bill Self turned David McCormick. All due respect to David McCormick, he turned him into a guy that could get twenty and ten in the national title game, right? right. Like or twenty and ten in the final four. I forget when no, he for like two weeks. Him. David yeah. McCormick was great. Dominant. Yeah. So if you're if you're Hunter Dickinson and you see that, like, why aren't you like why? I understand why he wants to go on all these visits and like get through the recruitment, boost up the uh the the money like you create competition all of a sudden you're like you're, you're able to get more i trust me i get all that it's I, he's got to go to kansas like that's I mean, I, it's I just it's, it's so obvious too. it's yeah, so I, obvious to me well i just think the development by the best coach and the best point guard mm-hmm. to me like don't don't make a decision based on 100 or 200 and i don't know kansas might pay more money than those other schools i have no idea what the nil deal is for for those schools yet but to me, if I'm Hunter Dickinson, I'm not basing it on 100 grand or 200 grand for NIL. I'm basing it on, all right, I'm going to give myself the best chance to try to make a roster in the NBA. Like, obviously, no, he's not going to be a starter in the NBA. He knows that. But, like, can he make a roster and make a career out of being a backup big for 10 or 12 years in, in the mm-hmm. league? I don't know the answer to that. But give yourself the best opportunity to do that. You know what's been an interesting takeaway from just watching NBA playoff games and talking with with just other people who are are watching all these games is it's not like there's this abundance of young guys in the playoffs yeah. who are making much of an impact. I mean, you can't you could you don't even need more than one hand to count the rookies for that matter the second year guys who are making some huge impact. The guys who made the impact are, are on teams that just aren't there yet. And that's part of the NBA thing. But, like, I, we talk about what can they be in the NBA. Like, that's not going to get figured out year one. No. No. And, mostly and again, because – These yeah, bigs know. These bigs yeah. know how the game's changed. So they understand, like, if they make the NBA, they're going to be sitting on the bench a good amount of the time. But still, you could be sitting on the bench if you're Hunter Dickinson. You, you know what that paycheck is? Like, he could make – off a 10-year career, Hunter Dickinson could still make $50 million if he sticks mm-hmm. around for 10 <laughs> years. He could. I know. You're not, you're everyone calls Kwame Brown a bust. Have you gone out and looked at how much money Kwame Brown made in his career as an right. NBA player? It's like $75 million. It's insane the amount of money these guys make. Yep. Man, yeah. no, nobody is having a better Friday morning on the boat right now I can only hope that Mark Few has caught a couple. We should have invited him on. He's definitely not on a boat, Fanta. What what he's on right now is he's out standing in a river with his waders on, doing a little bit of fly fishing. With his what on? What? Waders. Waders? Yeah, waders. (laughs) What are waders? You don't know what waders are? Are you serious? I have no idea what waders are. Don't worry about it. Keep it moving. (laughs) Everybody else does. All right. Hey, Dagan, Dagan, I hope you have the Athletic Greens ad ready because we uh, we need to throw to that here in a minute. Oh. Dagan, do you know what waders are? All right. All right. Dagan, can we go to the Athletic Greens ad real quick? Let's, let's hear from our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks back. When we get in the middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. 
I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I've found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68. We thank our sponsors at Athletic Greens. We thank our sponsors at Bet Rivers. John Fanta, Jeff Goodman, Rob Dowster continuing breaking news coverage on this Friday. Huge Friday for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Graham E.K. from Wyoming. He was the Mountain West preseason Player of the year coming into this past season. He missed all this past season with a leg injury. The year before that, he goes for 19 and 9. He's heading to the Zags. And then Ryan Nemhard, the Creighton star point guard, he is also heading to Spokane. But let's, as we begin to wind down here, our, our coverage on this Friday, you guys have hit on so many different things with the portal and decisions and, and who's getting impacted positively. I, I want to ask you this, Jeff. If you look across the country here, um, by the way, you just you just tweeted Damian Collins has gone portaling. He joined C.J. Frederick, Kentucky. Said a couple guys go portaling here on this Friday. Uh, if you look around the country, Jeff Goodman, and look at conferences specifically, like is there a conference that maybe, or a couple of teams out of that league, that maybe you're concerned about after you've seen some of the portal season? thus far or maybe unsure of if not concerned um i mean i'm concerned about louisville again because they just haven't done enough i thought they'd make more of a splash in the portal early so i was saying this to somebody yesterday and uh i don't know if you guys have ever done like a a, a fantasy football or baseball like an auction not a draft but an auction where you have a yep. certain amount of money and you got to figure out do i do i spend it early or do I, you know, because if you spend it early, you get quickly, you get some some talent in, and, or do I wait and and maybe I'll get guys for low money late if I wait it out. So Arkansas spent their money early. They just went after a bunch of dudes. The portal is not great other than there's probably a handful of players that I thought were really, really good. And then it's kind of a bunch of really, you know, good players. So Arkansas went early. They went all in early. And you wonder if some other schools are kind of waiting it out and saying, well, we don't love the talent. We're going to see what we can do. Like Louisville is one of those, and I'm just surprised they haven't been able to do more early. You know, North Carolina, they, they've been okay. They've been okay. But but again, like Jalen Withers, is that is that moving the needle, uh, you know, for you? Paxton Wojcik, obviously they, they just got Cormac Ryan uh, yesterday. Good pieces. Good, and that may be enough. That may be enough to. Can I say something on that? Go ahead. I, yes. I know, I feel like I'm kind of out on a limb here when I say that I, I kind of like the process of what Hubert Davis is doing here. 
I don't know if it's going to work, right? But if if he's saying, look, I have my two studs. I trust R.J. Davis can be a, an all-ACC, all-American-ish kind of a point guard, and we know what Armando Baycott is. And what I need, I got my one and I got my five. I got my studs. These yep. are the guys I'm going to build my offense around. And what I need around them are a bunch of dudes that can make shots and space the floor so I can run a bunch of ball screens and be able to get a, out to these guys. And, you know, you can't double-team Armando Baycott. Like, I get what he's doing, and to me it makes sense. I don't know if it's going to work, but I kind of right. like the way that it's going. Like, at the end of the day, there, you, if you have shooters – you still need like a certain talent level. And I don't know if they quite have that level of talent, but the the process, like the thought process behind the way that he's building his his lineup, like I, I don't hate it. I kind of like what they got there. Well, they should be I mean, again, it, it it's about some shooting, number one. Mm-hmm. Like bring in shooting because yes. you didn't have it last year. So bring in shooting and chemistry. And if you do that mm-hmm. and you go down, you lose that way. Okay, you know what? You're probably okay with that. But, but at least address the things that hampered you last year, which were chemistry issues and, and no perimeter shooting. So Louisville yeah, and maybe they're on, not going to be – they might not be a like a, a top five team yeah. on paper, but like they look kind of like a top five seed to me in the NCAA <laughs> yeah. tournament, right? No? Yeah. Well, yeah, well I, I, I like your theory. What I like about your theory, Rob, is because you're betting on Davis and Baycott Yes. And now sort of weeding out certain things uh, without going too deep into a dot. Um, like now you, you've got, you know that you've got two tremendous <laughs> talents. Will those players that you acquired, theoretically, they're going to benefit off of being alongside those guys as well. You become better when you've got weapons around you like those two guys are. The, the one that I'm curious about, like because you brought up Arizona, like I think about the Pac-12, what is what does UCLA project as? I mean, I don't know the answer to that question right now, and I'm not sure if anybody really does. I mean, it depends, right? I mean, you figure Jalen Clark's got to come back. Bona comes back. Tiger's gone. Hockey is gone. Bailey probably gone. Tough. So, is Tiger 100% gone? Right. Uh, I, not 100, but, I, you know, I don't think. I think he wants bad. to be gone. He's been there for four years. He right. Yeah, he's maxed out. The kid committed to Paul like twelve years ago. I know he's, he's it's these, these like seventh year guys. It just it completely distorts. You know like, what? Shout the, out the Dave I... Lado. Shout out <laughs> Dave Lado on Friday. Biggest commitment he ever got. It's hey, you know what? You brought it. You somehow it all roads end up leading back to DePaul in some way, shape, or form. But you're <laughs> right. Like Tiger Campbell did. He did. He did commit. He was a DePaul commit like Huge. a decade ago. I was. I remember when he committed. If you look back at my Twitter, my guess is I tweeted, there's no chance he ever plays a game at DePaul. <laughs> that would and be my – I'm pretty sure I tweeted that. Do you, you want that us to, do you want us to look back through the rest of your Twitter to see no, what no, you – No, please, God, no, no. What's Nobody your best that. mock draft ever? I don't know. I think I had uh, – I'm pretty sure I had uh, Michael Beasley over Derek Rose as the number one pick. You had John Moran over Zion Williamson as the number one pick. Hey. You did? No, you did. You did. John Moran over Zion. I did. Yeah. I, I didn't, again, I mean, I have Shaden Sharp over Zion. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, but I, no, I did say. You know what's funny about that? It like, sounded like you did. You, you, that was, that was 100% you just saying like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, 
I'm I'm on, I'm on a roll. It was I think it was May yeah. that we were talking about something. You're like, I'm on a roll. Then you said it. Then you immediately were, you were like, oh shit, what did I just say? And you were like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going. I'm all the way in on this. I can't. I can't go back now. I got to go all the way in. And you Who know would what? you rather have now? Smart. Who would you rather have for the future? Shaden Sharp or Zion Williamson in the NBA? The former. Uh, I would get. I would get Zion Williamson and a dietitian. But but you're not. <laughs> you're not. And and that dude's body is not going to be able to handle it. We know that. Well, you know what the problem is? He's in New Orleans, man. Like anybody that's going to live in New Orleans is just going to put on weight. Have you ever, the food there is ridiculous? Where do you want to put him? If you could put him in one NBA city, Rob, where would you put Zion Williamson? Um, we got to oh, get him. We got to get him someplace like, like Oklahoma Cleveland. City. No, Cleveland. healthy eating, clean living. Like where? it's got to be like a. We, we got to get him to like the Celtics, but have him live in like Nashua or something like that. No. <laughs> like he's got to go to some hippie town where I mean, all he eats good, is vegan. There's a lot of Italian in the North End right near the garden. He'd be in Well, trouble. that's why I'm he's saying don't let him live in Boston. Put him in like Vermont or something like that. You can't do that. It's too far. <laughs> no, you stick, <laughs> what, far. You, you stick him in like, you stick him in Salt Lake City and you put him yeah. in the mountains and you say, we're going to go all organic on you. Or you stick him in, <laughs> you stick him in like. Are you trying to turn him into a Mormon? Family. No, you know what he needs? He's, it's no, got to be Denver. To, I'm actually be... trying to – I'm actually tr- – I would enroll in the program as well. Zion, we'll, let's <laughs> team together. I'll go to Utah with you. We will turn the Jazz back into a winner. Danny Ainge – I mean, Danny Ainge now, after his, his health issues, has gone healthy eating. So maybe Ainge and Zion can be on the same program. See, I like this. I, um, All right, let's – Try to get back. Hey, TV. you know where I'm going we're, tonight? I don't, you know where I'm going tonight, Phantom, before we go back on track? Where are you going? I shouldn't tell you because if I say it, uh, I'm, I'm honestly going to have to fear for my life tonight. I am going. I know where you're prov- going. Can I I'm guess? Providence. You want to what? Providence? I'm going to Providence tonight. Where in I, Providence? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm not I'm not giving that away. But are I, you I'm meeting be up Providence with someone? Tonight. Are you huh? meeting up with some? Are you meeting yes. someone? Yes. Okay. So but if you, you if you hear of something happening in Providence tonight where somebody gets beaten, um, you it's know, definitely going to be you. Don't say that you're. It's going to be you're going to come out winning, and Providence fans are going to be hurting. No, I'm not going to win the battle. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know I'm not winning the battle here. I've seen those <laughs> Providence students. Okay, trust me. I'm not winning the battle. I'm, I'm looking for help and and hey, Pro- Providence fans, if we if we get to 500 likes on this video, I <laughs> no. will tweet out where Goodman is eating dinner tonight. Oh okay? my god! <laughs> I mean, here's the crazy thing about about and and we do you have a pail of water next to you right now, Phantom? By the way, um, I do. There's a curing water, and I've got I've got a horribly made mocha that has all the chocolate at the bottom. No, that's of it. not the same. I, I need you from now on on every show. You need to carry some some cooling hey, water. Vanna, I don't even think you know this. I don't think you know this, but we uh, at the final four, we were planning, and it didn't end up coming to fruition. But we were planning on getting one of those the the empty Powerade jugs, right? And it was this is all Dagan's fault because he forgot to bring the duct tape to the arena for the title game. But Come we were on. gonna tape, we were gonna throw duct tape on the side of one of those Powerade jugs. We were gonna write coolie on it, and we were gonna have you walk behind our set, like looking confused while you're carrying around the jug so that people see it saying coolie on it. You're just walking around looking confused, walk by and then walk the other direction. Uh, it. 
That would have been hilarious. Come on, that would have been funny. That would have been. It would have been fantastic. It would have. <laughs> we we are trying to have fun with this. We have nothing against anybody, anyone. We love Providence fans. They help our traffic. You guys are passionate as hell. The crazy thing about the the thing I love about you is that you're crazy enough tonight to walk from establishment to establishment on Federal Hill <laughs> and, ask, and ask if they've seen Jeff Goodman or some will say, "Have you seen Goodblum?" Yeah, good Goodblum. Goodblum. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be going incognito. I may I may look like good tonight. <laughs> remember when uh remember um what was the, the Mets manager, Bobby um Bobby, Bobby Valentine. Valentine? Remember yes. when he got ejected from the game oh, and yeah. came back with the disguise on? That's Bobby Valentine. <laughs> Bobby Valentine had a hell of a run at this is a sacred heart AD, you know. Yes. Hell of yes. a run. Hell of a run. All right, this has been fun. I did not expect to to have to spend Friday morning with with you guys. This was this was a reminder of uh, of how much fun we can have. How much but, you miss us? That's yes, what it was a reminder of. That's true. It's I do miss you. I do miss you. We'll do it again soon. Hey, what a big day for Gonzaga! A huge morning as the Zags get Grammy Day and they get hey, Ryan. Mark Few's going to catch a lot of fish. To, he's already caught two. My <laughs> guess is he's going to catch a lot more today. It's going to be yeah. and. and he should celebrate tonight. There's no question about that. His team, his program got better today. Uh, for producer Dagan Hughes, for Rob Doster, for Jeff Goodman. Goodman, have a nice evening. I'm John Fanta. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And if you don't see Jeff on the next show, <laughs> yes. you probably are going to know why. Get him, Friartown. Get him. In a Providence Hospital somewhere. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.